It's time to eat. Get in my belly. Sit down and get ready to consume an abundance of fantasy football knowledge from Russ Tucker and Evan Silva. Me so hungry. On the Fantasy Feast Eating Podcast. Yeah, let's eat, baby. It is a Fantasy Feast Eating Podcast. It's part two, the show that's so nice we do it twice, and it's presented by betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. Just make sure you use the code podcast one so you get that 50% sign up bonus today. He is Evan Silva, the master of all he oversees at rotoworld.com, at Evan Silva on Twitter. I am just Ross Tucker, former NFL offensive lineman, just trying to soak in all of the knowledge that we get from my dude, Evan Silva, each and every week at Ross Tucker NFL, Twitter and Instagram. I got a bunch of different podcasts that I know you guys hopefully listen to. Even Money, if you like to place bets. That's my gambling podcast. Ross Tucker Football Podcast keeps you up to date with the uh, former player's perspective on everything going on around the league on a daily basis. College Draft Podcast. If you're into the draft scene and Andrew Brandt's got the business of sports podcast, which is pretty awesome as well. If you haven't given any of those a try, you know what you should give a try, by the way, these gigantic chocolate footballs from the RM Palmer company. This is awesome. All right. It is a full sized football made of chocolate. Tell me you can't think of immediately. Somebody that you know that would go crazy over that for a holiday gift. And you can just go, you can learn more about it at rmpalmer.com slash football. But pretty much any store you go to, like Walmart, any type of you know grocery store, any type of pharmacy, CVS, right? They're going to have these bad boys. They're awesome. If you know someone that likes football, if you know someone that likes chocolate, it is the no-brainer of all no-brainers. You've got to do it. It's called Football Fantasy. 22-ounce milk chocolate football looks just like the real deal. And it's made in my hometown of Wymissing, Pennsylvania. And my dad worked for him for 30 years. And it's delicious. Football Fantasy, rmpalmer.com slash football. Check it out. Speaking of checking it out, Evan, only four games to break down in the late games. We'll start with the Seahawks and the Niners. Seahawks, Niners, yeah, these teams played a couple of weeks ago, and it was just a blowout win in favor of Seattle. But the 49ers, late in the game, kind of went like nuts and Nick Mullins wound up finishing as the quarterback five on the week. That's his best fantasy finish all year. And Dante Pettis actually ripped a, a 75 yard touchdown in the second half to really inflate his stats. You know, we can't expect the, the same, this game to play out similarly. Um, but we do know that Dante Pettis has been great in three straight games. He's locked into the starting job opposite actually Kendrick Bourne. 
uh, which we will get to in a second. But he's locked into a starting job uh, with Pierre Garçon on injured reserve. And he has shown a chemistry with Nick Mullins for sure. So I think that he is the best wide receiver play on the 49ers at this point in a locked-in wide receiver three play against San Francisco. I mean, he's he's had good games in three straight weeks against Denver, against Seattle, and against Tampa Bay. He's a really, really good route runner. 49ers loved him, traded up to get him in the second half, in the second round of the draft. George Kittle, I mean, what what else do we need to say? He's, you know, a top three NFL tight end. Chris Wessling, my old colleague at uh, Roto World, now of NFL Network slash NFL.com, thinks he's the best tight end in the the league. Um, I don't know. I think I'd go with Kelsey, but I can't can't disagree too strongly. George Kittle is absolutely right there with with anybody. Um, In the running game, we're going to have to see if Matt Breida comes back. My guess is that he won't. Uh, Jeff Wilson, although he didn't have a ton of fantasy points last week, he did have um, he did have a lot of usage, and that more often than not leads to fantasy points down the line. Uh, and he had his kind of coming out party against this Seattle team. He had eight catches against them. That was again in large part because Seattle jumped out to such a big lead. Um, but I think that if no Brita, Wilson is going to again be that solid RB2 flex play that he's really been the last two weeks. Um, Marcus Goodwin came back last week from his uh, personal absence, and he played 33% of the snaps. He played behind Kendrick Bourne. So until we see Marquis Goodwin get back into that every down receiver role, it's going to be really hard to play him in fantasy. Kendrick Bourne didn't do very much either. Nick Mullins is a two quarterback league starter against Seattle. Uh, With the exception of that game against Kirk Cousins, uh, quarterbacks have been doing pretty well against the Seattle defense recently. On the other side, Wilson tore up the 49ers in this game that we've been talking about. He had four touchdown passes. Uh, His rushing production has been up lately. He's averaging like 35 a game, no, 38 rushing yards per game over his last six after averaging 11 rushing yards per game over his initial seven. Uh, So you like to see that. Uh, He has been a top 12 fantasy quarterback in eight of his last nine starts. In the receiver core, we're going to have to see, uh, is Doug Baldwin going to be back this week? I'm not sure. Um, the passing game kind of missed him on Monday night. Uh, David Moore went catchless on a bunch of targets. The opportunities were there, but they just just didn't land just didn't land right for him. Um, Jerron Brown was the other op, the other receiver, and then Tyler Lockett was in the slot. Uh, Tyler Lockett also came close to a bunch of big plays, but they just didn't happen. You know, the the Vikings had good coverage on him, and uh, that's why it was a low scoring game. It was twenty one to seven. I think Tyler Lockett rips it up here. Uh, Doug Baldwin is going to be a risky wide receiver three coming off the uh, coming off the um, the injury and and you know I mean it was significant enough to to keep him out for a game. So 
I would kind of lean away from playing him, even though the matchup is pretty good against San Francisco. Nick Vanette, Ed Dixon don't want any part of those guys. They split right down the middle. Chris Carson locked in as the Seahawks feature back. Uh, Rashad Penny is the clear number two, and then Mike Davis is the clear number three. Chris Carson, 16-plus touches in seven of his last nine and uh, 20 uh, carries. Doesn't catch the foot, 20 catches, 20 carries last week. Doesn't catch the football, which uh, hurts his floor. You you really need him to score a touchdown. We can move on to the next one. Next one, Steelers, Patriots, Nuff said. Yeah, this is a fire the cannons game. This is this game has the um, third highest total on the slate. You know, we we could go, we could probably talk for several minutes about uh, what went on with Ben last week. The bottom line is that he is going to be playing on Sunday. I'm not worried about his health. Um, I think he's going to be absolutely fine. He rips it up in. Uh, uh, at Heinz Field, and quarterbacks have been ripping up the Patriots. Ryan Tannehill was um, a top five fantasy quarterback last week against them, uh, and that's you know not a, a small sample thing. Quarterbacks have been having their way with New England for the most part recently. So I think that Ben rolls, and if you look at historically, because these teams have played a good amount. You know, over the last four or five years, um, they've pretty much played about once a year, uh, you know, including uh, postseason. Uh, Ben's production has been solid. It's not not has not been spectacular, but it's been solid. I think that uh, the offense this year has been spectacular. and Juju has been spectacular. Their weapons are spectacular. And so I think that he can have he, he can be viewed as a high floor, high ceiling quarterback play against New England. Um, I think that the way that the Patriots will try to defend the Steelers, and this doesn't mean that it will be successful, uh, is going to be very similar to, to the way that they defended Thielen and Diggs a couple of weeks ago, and that was successful. Um, but I think that we will see like Jason McCourty on – uh, Juju Smith-Schuster with help, and then Stefan Gilmore on uh, Antonio Brown. I think that that'll be the, the primary way that they defend them. You know, Stefan Gilmore has not been uh, shut down force recently. I mean, Bryce Butler beat him for a touchdown last week. You know, we saw that game. Corey Davis just owned him a couple of weeks back. Uh, so I think that Antonio Brown can absolutely have a big game. His statistics against New England have been great, uh, with the exception of their last meeting. So if you're just looking at box scores, uh, you know, keep in mind that in their last game, uh, Antonio Brown had two catches for 24, but he uh, he left that game early with a torn groin, and we didn't see him again until – the playoff game against the Jags where he just went bonkers uh, against against the Jags. Um, so I no fear in playing Antonio Brown. Um, Juju Smith-Schuster has the same amount of targets and far more production than Antonio Brown over the last six games. They both have 62 targets. Uh, Juju has five more catches 
and um, about 140 more receiving yards. They both have four touchdowns. Uh, now, Antonio Brown attracts more coverage, for sure, uh, but Juju Smith-Schuster has been capitalizing on that, and that's exactly what you want to see. Um, Juju Smith-Schuster is like a fringe wide receiver one at this point. Uh, Vance McDonald, Patriots have not defended tight ends well recently. Uh, so Vance McDonald, he's got playmaking ability, and I think that he's a, an upside play against New England. Uh, James Washington, Ryan Switzer, splitting third receiver duties right down the middle. There has been talk that James Conner might come back this week. Jerry Dulac of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette says he's doubtful. Uh, he's there. He covers the team every day. You know, um, other you know other other guys getting their information from agents. I don't know. You know, we'll, we'll see. I I think that they should probably give him another week, and I think they can roll with Jalen Samuels. Jalen Samuels. I mean, he's not a dynamic player, but. He's pretty good. He can break tackles. Um, he catches everything. You know, he did a really good job last week in his role. He would have been far more productive, and he scored 16.2 PPR points. He was a tight end seven on the week where you could play him at tight end, and he was a low-end RB2 slash flex, just like we pegged him. He would have been much more productive if Ben had been in there. I mean, Josh Dobbs came in. He was an absolute disaster, you know, and he was in there for – a third of the game. Uh, so we're going to get a full full slate, a full game of Big Ben. And um, if we get Jalen Samuels again, I think you, he's a lock and load RB2 against New England, which has gotten crushed in terms of yards per carry and receiving yards allowed to opposing RBs. Tom Brady, I thought he played his best game of the season last week. Uh, he did make a mental error at the end of the first quarter. At the end of the first half, that doesn't really matter for fantasy, though. You know, just cost the team a field goal and potentially the game, but it doesn't really matter for fantasy. He was the quarterback two on the week behind Dak. Uh, I think that he can have a good game against Pittsburgh. I think that if you look at the way that the Pittsburgh defense is constructed, you look at their strengths and their weaknesses, they can rush the passer and they can stop the run. And so, you know, let's let's look at how um, how have the Patriots attacked teams like that so far this year uh, and historically, and it's with a lot of James White. It's like a James White game. You know, it's a lot of uh, maybe two back sets, two back sets. You know, get, get the ball out quickly. You know, in, increase your use of like max, max protection looks. Uh, you know, we're not going to put the ball in Sony Michelle's belly unless we have to. You know, we're you know we're definitely going to, um, you know, use him to probe and all that. But he's not going to be the, the foundation of the Patriots game plan this week in all likelihood. I think James White bounces back. His, his playing time and his usage have been down, no question, since Burkhead and Sony Michelle got healthy. But I think that he bounces back for a good game against Pittsburgh. I think that that helps Tom Brady. You know, I think we're going to get more attempts out of Tom Brady this week. I think the guy that really stands out, really stands out, is Julian Edelman. Because the the Steelers love, you know, long before it became a big deal that that that, 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 that the, the Steelers were using my to cover 
Keenan Allen, the Patriots have been exploiting this for years. Go look at Julian Edelman's catch totals against the Steelers over their last three meetings. It's between 8 and 11 in every single one. Um, and it, it's it's typically been like Lawrence Timmons. Lawrence Timmons is now long gone. Uh, but they would love to get uh, Julian Edelman matched up on Lawrence Timmons, and they're going to do the same against you know Vince Williams or, or whomever uh, this week. And that's going to be, I mean, this is a game where, like, Julian Edelman, I think, could catch, like, between 12 and 15 balls. He was awesome last week against Miami. They could do nothing to stop him. Um, I think that he is an autoplay in PPR. Josh Gordon against Joe Hayden. I think Josh Gordon can win this. Uh, He has been looking great recently. The Dolphins uh, stuck Minka Fitzpatrick on him all last game. He went for 96 yards. Uh, He also had a 41-yard pass interference flag that he drew. Um, He was ripping chunk plays in the middle of the field. Just, man, you you know, and you can attack this defense with slant routes. He's been great run after catch this season, Josh Gordon. Gronk, I did not look particularly good last week, but he got the job done in the box score. Steelers have gotten killed. By tight ends this year, you know, Jared Cook went for 116 against them last week. Derek Carrier had uh, two catches for 29 yards and a touchdown, you know, or and uh, Lee Smith scored a touchdown. I mean, look, you know, we're playing Gronk. Whenever he's, whenever he's up, we're playing Gronk, and he's up this week. By the way, Tom Brady averaging four more fantasy points per game when Rob Gronkowski plays and when he doesn't. So although Rob Gronkowski is not at 100% clearly, he has been getting the job done or he has been making a difference uh, for New England's offense. Cordell Patterson caught a touchdown last week against uh, the Dolphins' DB Walt Aikens. Great throw by Brady. Uh, Still only ran nine routes in the game, uh, and he has run fewer than ten routes in nine straight games. Chris Hogan, one target, wide open in the end zone. Brady misses him. Uh, We can move on to the next one. Next one, Sunday night football. It's the Rams hosting the Eagles. Yeah, I think that this is a huge bounce back spot for the Rams. Um, I think golf goes nuts. I think Gurley goes nuts. Eagles can't stop the run anymore. They don't have any players left in the secondary. Um, you know, I I mean, the Rams have kind of looked bad, you know, in consecutive games. I think that you can uh, suggest that they really do miss Cooper Cup. I think it's not crazy at all to, to suggest that. Uh, but, you know, the first one was on the road in Detroit. And, you know, they won by two scores. Goff did not play well in that game. Next one was on the road in Chicago where we knew that golf wasn't going to play well. I mean, we talked about it last week. Okay, now they're re- returning to Sunday, sunny L.A. to face this, you know, dead Eagles team, unfortunately, uh, that, or I guess they still have a chance to make the wild card. I don't know. Man. Uh, but, they, but they just, they have nothing left. And 
Uh, I think Goff is a great, great play. I think he's underpriced in daily fantasy. This is the highest total game on the slate. Rams had the highest team total on the entire slate. Um, Goff, Gurley, Cooks, Woods, all awesome plays. Reynolds, I think. Josh Reynolds is a real solid wide receiver three play. under Gerald Everett, for the first time all year, had more snaps than Tyler Higby last week. Eagles have badly missed Jordan Hicks in tight end coverage. And um, I think that Gerald Everett is in the mix as a streamer. I like Anthony Ferkser better, but uh, Gerald Everett is real close and he would be very close behind. I'd rather play both of those guys than, I don't know, Matt Lacoste, CJ Uzama. On the Eagles side, I'm not quite sure what to expect. The game scarily kind of reminds me of that game in New Orleans. I do think that we have seen since that the Saints' defense is legit, uh, has really been carrying their team lately. They haven't been doing a whole lot in the running or the passing games as much lately, and they have they have been doing a lot in terms of their pass rush, in terms of their coverage schemes. Their run defense has been unbelievable all year. We'll talk about that more in a minute. Um, and I think it's better than the Rams. But the Rams' defense has been a lot better since they got back Aqib Tlaib. Uh, he's a key to their man, their man coverage system under Wade Phillips. And so I, I think that Carson Wentz, you know, look, the game has shootout potential, no doubt. I think that Carson Wentz, has, you know, he has been a steady fantasy quarterback this year. He's been a top 13 fantasy quarterback in 8 of 10 starts. I'm sorry, 9 of 11. 9 of 11. Um, but, I, I think, but I think that he is a more higher variance play this week. I think that we could see a bad game out of him. I also think we could see a great game out of him. So I'm not exactly sure. You know, I, I think it's just Higher variance is the best way to put it. Um, the Rams have given up the seventh most receiving yards per game in the NFL to tight ends. Bodes well for Zach Ertz, who, you know, he had a slow game last week. He's very likely to bounce back. It seemed like, the you know, because the this trade for Golden Tate has not worked out at all for the, for the Eagles. And it seemed like last week, and, w- and one thing that it has done, it, it – it has reduced their usage of their 12 personnel package. And their 12 personnel package is like one of the best personnel packages in the NFL. And so because they, you know, acquired Golden Tate and they, uh, they felt compelled to use them. I mean, they have to use them. They just give a third round pick for them, but they didn't feel compelled to pull Nelson Aguilar off the field because, yo, they went through, Hell and back with Nelson Aguilar. You know, he went and saw a sports psychologist. You know, the that was a big, you know, a big win for the coaching staff, really, last year to, you know, like turn his career around. They're, they're not benching him. They're not benching uh, Alshon Jeffrey. So who's, who's the odd man out? Dallas Goddard was the odd man out. You know, he, he, he stopped playing pretty much. And then all of a sudden last week he started playing again. Golden Tate didn't play as much. So it seemed like they were just like, screw it. You know, we're going back to our 12. And 
you know, we're going to play Goddard. And Goddard was unreal, which he's been unreal all year. The, the, this trade for Golden Tate was bad. It, it has not helped the Eagles. It's hurt the Eagles. And I, I think, you know, although he did have that good game against Washington, and trust me, like I, I, bought, I bought the – I, I bought the bait hook, line, and sinker, and I thought he was a good play last week against Dallas. He wasn't. He was a complete bust. And, uh, you know, I don't think you can use him. I also don't think you can use Goddard because he's just not trustworthy. Uh, but I do think Ertz bounces back. It was good to see Alshon, you know, score a touchdown last week. He still only had 50 yards on nine targets. You know, he's he's a touchdown-dependent dude at this point, unfortunately. Um, Aguilar can't use him either because he hasn't been productive. Um, so, oh, uh, running back situation, Corey Clement hits IR. I think that Darren Sproles is a really sneaky play in this game, especially if you could get him at minimum, like right around minimum price on the DFS, uh, primetime slate, uh, you know, I think that he, I think he can catch a bunch of passes in this game. I think the Eagles are going to be playing from behind. Uh, his snaps were way up last week. He caught a touchdown pass, um, and Josh Adams has not been used at all in the passing game. And I think that although you can run on the Rams, I don't think that the Eagles are going to really have a great opportunity to run on the Rams. I think Darren Sproles is the sleeper in this backfield. We can move on to the next one. The next one, Evan, is the last one. Panthers, Saints, Monday Night Football. Yeah, um, a very exciting game. I think that the Panthers are that the, the Panthers get slaughtered. Uh, I think Drew Brees has an unreal. I mean, they're, they're, the Panthers have no resistance defensively. When you can't rush the passer, you're not going to have a good defense, and they've had a bad defense all year long. Um, you know, you can have great players. You can have great individual players, you know, and they do. They have several of them. Um, you know, Luke Keekley run, you know, runs down Jarvis Landry from behind last week, you know. They, they, you know, James Bradbury's had a pretty good year. I think that they just get smashed. Uh, Alvin Kamara, Mark Ingram, you know, I think that this is a Mark Ingram game. Um, and uh, Drew Brees, I think. Uh, has a, a big game against Carolina. Um, Michael Thomas has always had uh, big games against Carolina. They're going to use him on the interior. You know, Bradbury does not go onto the interior. Uh, getting Michael Thomas matched up with Captain Munnerlyn, you know, that's that's an unbelievable matchup. I mean, I would love to see Sean Payton just say, "F it, let's play Michael Thomas." in the slot 90% of the time. I mean, I think that that would be awesome. Captain Munderland's like 5'8", Michael Thomas like 6'3". So, uh, and I think that's something that they could do. I mean, they did that early in the season against Tampa Bay. Uh, Michael Thomas was like 60% slot in that game and had 16 catches for 180 yards and a touchdown. I know it's been kind of slow going recently. There have been a number of reasons for that. The primary reason is the defense and look, you know, that's, that's your threat. That's your, that's your concern for the saints offense is that the defense plays well enough that the, the offense just doesn't have to do as much, but 
the matchups are all good. You know, the, the complimentary pass catchers are just shots in the dark every single week, you know, whether it be, you know, one of their three tight ends that they use or, you know, Traquan Smith or Keith Kirkwood or, you know, Austin Carr or, you know, whatever. These guys are not like reliable fantasy options, um, especially when they're not throwing as much, you know, with, with, uh, you know, behind Michael Thomas and Alvin Kamara. I mean, there's just not enough volume for, for anyone to have, sustained bankable production in the passing game uh, on the other side cam newton's arm is you know it's it is deteriorated it's getting worse i think this happened to him last year um, and you know he may need off-season surgery he has admitted that um at the same time like that has not that has had um you know, positive effects on some players. Last week it was Ian Thomas caught a bunch of short passes. It doesn't hurt Christian McCaffrey at all. Christian McCaffrey is probably not going to be able to run on the Saints because no one really runs on the Saints because they have one of the best run defenses in the NFL. But I do think that he can have a good game in the passing game. And, he, I mean, you know, he just has good games every week because he never comes off the field and he scores a lot of touchdowns and he's really good. Uh, wide receivers, the pecking order has kind of sorted itself out. Devin Funches is the number four receiver now for Carolina. The beat writers think he's done there. Um, you know, had an opportunity at a touchdown last week, didn't get his head around. Uh, I, you know, he's not usable in fantasy at this point. DJ Moore, Curtis Samuel, these are your, you know, your, your one and your two. The matchup is not a gimme at all against Marshawn Lattimore and Eli Apple coming off his best game. Uh, I tweeted out from Nick Underhill of the New Orleans Advocate, great read about how they defended the Buccaneers last week. You should go check that out. Um, I think that DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel are risky wide receiver three plays, but they are the clear one and two in Carolina at this point. Um, Cam, you know, can we play Cam? I, I don't know. I don't know, man. I mean, I've, I've played him every single week in one of my leagues, uh, the, the one uh, season-long league where I have him, and I'm going to look at alternatives. I haven't decided yet. We do have 32 quarterbacks at our, at our disposal this week. There are going to be guys we can get off our waiver wire, um, and this is not, you know, the great matchup that it, it looked early in the season against new Orleans. So uh, yeah, I'm considering streamers. I'm definitely streaming over Aaron Rodgers from the, the, uh, the early games that we talked about on the first show. Uh, and I'm looking at him over cam. Good luck to everyone this week. Excellent. Excellent stuff. Evan, as always, you are the best for a reason. And you know what? I've told you this before. I'll tell you again, there are people that take, your breakdowns of the games and game flow and use that information to go to betonline.ag and use the promo code podcast1 to place their bets. I told you about the guy that emailed me who's in first place right now in the Westgate Super Contest, and he says your feast. Because like the one week, I think, Evan, we did a little bit later, 
He said your the Fancy Feast is a must-listen for him for betting purposes, which I thought was interesting. I didn't know that. I always just think everybody listening is for fantasy purposes. At any rate, go to betonline.ag if you're going to place bets and use the code PODCAST1. BetOnline.ag, code PODCAST1. And I got to stop talking. My voice is killing me. Evan, you're the man. Please, if you get a chance, go ahead and rate and review the show. Really, really helps us. As well as when you guys just retweet it, it's awesome. Just retweet it or on Facebook, facebook.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. Follow me there. Be a friend of mine there and, and like it. It's huge when you guys do that. Anyway, we're done now for, for good. I'm serious. We're done. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Feast Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, Even Money, and the College Draft Podcast, all available on iTunes at RossTucker.com or wherever podcasts can be found.